Wholesale to Million family, what up, what up, what up, man? I've been waiting for this interview for months and months and months now. But just to let those, uh, just let those of you who don't know, I'm currently in Vietnam right now. Uh, but you know what? I gotta get, I gotta get this interview in because uh, yeah, it's put in so much work and so much sacrifice uh, to get his first, first a virtual wholesale deal. Now, I want those of you to understand that when, um, so Alex is my second student. He's the one that's doing a one-on-one -on -one with me, right? And uh, when he first came on with me, Alex was already wholesaling and was already uh, cranking out deals already, but he wants to learn how to do it virtual. And that's why he took on the one-on-one -on -one with me. And um, so, you know, he just closed his first deal. I'm gonna let him share with you guys how much it is, how he got the deals, the behind the stories, all the struggles, and how long it took for him to get this deal done. Um, so I, I, you know, and also to this, I want those of you to that, that is watching this to understand that if you haven't got your first deal, man, to keep pushing forward and don't ever give up. And that's what the wholesale to million family is all about. We are the doer, not the talker. So talk less and do more. But you guys, no further ado, help me welcome Alex, my second student. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Good, man. Hey, also to you guys, I'm current. So hopefully the internet is not so bad. Um, but if it breaks in and out, please forgive me. And uh, hopefully this uh, video here will add a lot of value to you. If it does, please show me some love, smash the thumbs up, comment down below with any question you have. And I'm sure Alex uh, will be able to help you answer any questions uh, you have. All right. And if you're new to the channel, welcome to the Wholesale 2 Million family. Be sure to smash the subscribe button, turn on the bell notification so when I upload a new video or when I go live, you get notified. And right now, I'm Alex, you probably don't know this, uh, but I am extremely excited, bro. I'm extremely excited, but obviously I'm at a hotel, so I'm like really toning down my voice and toning down my energy, bro. Um, but Alex, I'm gonna let you take it over, man. If you wanna share with everybody a little bit about your background, your stories, um, uh, and so on, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I've been in real estate for about two years now. Um, I guess since getting into wholesaling, I quit my job working for my dad. Um, you know, I was working really hard for money. Couldn't, couldn't. My job didn't translate into the civilian world. Basically, uh, I dove headfirst into real estate, didn't know what I was going to do. I read books, watched videos eight hours a day, and within my first month of finding out about wholesaling, I was able to lock up the three properties and uh, get them wholesale. And then from there, it just kind of compounded. And then after networking with some people, I, I saw Kong and how he did it for virtual. And so now that's my main objective is to do it all virtually without having the property, the buyer, the seller, or the title company. Yeah, man. See, so for those of you who are those of you who have never done a virtual deal before, I don't care if that property is 15 minutes away from you or 15 states away from you. Um, I think to me anyway, the next level of wholesaling is being able to do it virtually where you don't meet the seller, where you don't see the property. All right. And once you once you once you're able to do that, man, you know that you're you're, you're not going to be tied down or limited to just your county or just your state, you know that you'll be able to take over the whole entire, the whole entire state if that's what you want, right? But uh, Alex, hold on a second. Let me check the internet really quick, man. Um, just to make sure, hold on a second. Hold on. 
Okay, I think that's. I think this is going to be a little bit better. Um, so, Alex, what, so why don't you break down and tell us about this deal, man? Yeah. So we we had uh, sent. Well, this was a um, a lien list. So we got this seller from a lien list. Um, she had owed taxes on the property, and uh, she had made two calls with my VA, who took this deal down and. Um, you know, did the initial phone call with them. And then I followed up and this lady had a duplex that was made in, or was built in 2013. And she was asking for 50,000 for it. I knew, I didn't care what the rents were. I knew this property was worth more than 50,000. So I thought this was a deal and it was rented. And uh, the appraised value or the assessed value was 180,000. And so I knew after five years, this thing couldn't have been, uh, you know, too bad off. And so I, you know, I even negotiated, try to get her down lower than 50, but I got her under contract at 50,000. And, um, you just want me to go through the entire deal or. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let me ask you, um, so let me ask you this, uh, Alex, like, because it's in a virtual market, when she mentioned 50,000, like, how did you knew that that was a deal or, how much time did it took you to do the research to know what to do? Or did you know what to do on the first call? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, actually, I actually overlooked the year that it was built. I figured it was like built in the 60s or 70s or something based off the price she was asking because I assumed. And then once I went on the, the prop stream, I saw that uh, it was built in 2013. And I immediately knew it doesn't matter where it's at unless it's in a completely depressed area, which this area is not, it was well more than, you know, 50,000. So I, you know, and then I did the comps obviously, and I found that uh, on the tax assessed website that it was assessed at 180,000 so right there on the deal. Gotcha. So now Alex, let's break down the deal a little bit. Okay, so at this time, you got the VAs to take all the incoming and making kind of all the uh, outbound call for you, is that correct? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So, so your VA basically qualified the leads and then set the appointment over to you to call back and make the offer to the seller and lock it up under contract, right? Yep. Um, but my VA didn't know this was a deal cause she, she didn't know. Um, she didn't, I didn't teach her how to run a comps or anything. And she thought the lady wasn't motivated cause she didn't give her a price at first. I had to listen to the phone call and call her back. And I found out she wanted to so I'm glad I did. Oh, wow. Okay. So there is a lesson learned there, um, <laughs> Alex. So, so I guess, what will you tell other people that have VAs that might come across similar situation that they obviously might pass on a potential deal like this because of their VAs? Yeah. So normally, you know, we're, you know, we're taught to think that maybe, you know, if they don't give us a price, they're not that motivated. Um, but I think if they go through the entire script that you have or the entire spiel that they are motivated somewhat and just to find out the, what the reason is, is more important than almost, you know, the price that they want. Cause if you can't get a price out of them from your VA, then obviously go back and try to get one from, from them yourself. And uh, you know, if at all costs, just make an offer and see what happens. Gotcha. So now, so what was, so what is the situation with the seller, Alex? She is a tired landlord. She's tired of being, you know, a landlord. It's a kind of a, not the worst area, but it's, it's kind of like a war zone. And um, 
you know, this we later found out the property had a three hundred thousand dollar lien on it, and uh, she, she had owed thirteen grand in taxes and it had already sold at a tax sale. So she was going to lose the property if she didn't get the money back. Gotcha. Okay. So now, Alex, uh, let's walk us through. Let's walk us through all kind of all the struggle, man. Because man, there was a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of phone calls. Uh, and a lot of text messages that Alex sent to me, like, hey, like his mood go up to now like this is because of the deal. And those of you who are a wholesaler, who, 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 who have done deals, you know exactly what Alex, I went through it too. You're going through this roller coaster of the, you know? So now Alex, so, okay. So that, that seller set the appointment over to you. You call, lock it up on a contract. Now let's talk about the price. What price is it? What was the seller asking? Well, the seller didn't have an asking price, right? Yes, yeah, she was asking for fifty, and that's what we locked it up at. Okay. And and what did you use to run comps uh, to figure out the ARV? Uh, I used Zillow as well as PropStream, and then I asked a couple of local realtors. Gotcha. Okay. Now, um, so next is that without seeing the property, how do you estimate the repair costs? So I had asked her what the repairs were and, um, you know, being that it was 2013 that the house was built, I, I figured, yeah, it could be destroyed as possible, but based off of what she was telling me, um, it, it, I didn't have any reason not to believe her, but even if she did say something and it wasn't correct, I'd hold her accountable later on and try to renegotiate. So that was nothing. I, I wasn't at a loss. Gotcha. So, uh, so what, so what was the estimate on, uh, the repair costs? She said uh, five to 10, she didn't even say that. She said one to 5,000, but she said there's probably no repairs. Okay, so the property is currently rented and how much was it rented for? Uh, 1,400. Okay, gotcha. So now when you lock it up on a contract, how long do you lock it up for? I locked it up for 60 days. <laughs> for 60 days? And, yes. what was, uh, and what was the earnest money? $100. $100. So now, Alex, and how do you found the title company? Um, I just networked with a couple investors and see what worked and uh, what they used. And I also called that title company and just asked the, you know, the qualifying questions, the same as we would do for our buyers. Gotcha. Okay. So now you lock it up for 60 days. Once the property's locked up in a contract, so now obviously it's, it's going to market uh, for the buyers. How do you find your buyers? So uh, what I did was I uh, networked with a couple of realtors. Um, they didn't really have anything for me. So what I did is I posted on Craigslist and I even joined the local RIA, my virtual market. And uh, they have a, uh, a RIA page where I can actually post the properties, which is very valuable. So that's what I did. I got phone calls almost within the first hour of posting it. And um, I had it the next day, so that was the next thing was to schedule the show. And Alex, how so? How do you found that uh, local RIA? Um, just I just googled local RIA, you know, your virtual market. So let's say it's Atlanta, Georgia, for example, Atlanta, Georgia RIA, and then that's how I found it. Gotcha, man. So now, is it a Facebook group or what is it? They do have Facebook groups. I found that um, the actual websites for the actual RIA has been more valuable to me, my virtual okay. market. So that's, uh, they do have other ones though. Gotcha, man. Okay, so now let's talk, 
Now let's talk about the next step is the buyer. So share with us the whole process, man. So I did all, <clears throat> I posted all the information on there and the information that I had and all the buyers that I posted. So I had it at 50, I posted it at 99 and I had tons of interest. So I knew this was a deal just based off the interest mm -hmm. that I received. And uh, I had people, like I said, who wanted to see it immediately. So I set up the showing and uh, I had three people go and all three of them wanted it. And one of the guys actually, as soon as he stepped out the door, called me and said, I want this. And he tried to negotiate me down. And I said, well, you know, these other guys are going to want it too. So are you sure you want to do that? Because then you're going to lose your spot. He said, no, I, I'll take the full price. So that's what I did. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, so keep going, man. Talk, talk so, to us about the buyers. So the buyer was legit. Um, he put the $2,000 non-refundable, um, no problem. And um, so we're doing the title search and it comes to find out, yes, there's taxes owed on it. It's a little bit more than what the seller had thought, but that wasn't the issue. Um, we had found out that there was a lien on the property for $300,000 and I'm selling the property for 99. So obviously that would blow the deal up, but this particular lien is, uh, it's very special. So there's a program that would help houses and homeowners rebuild their, you know, rental properties or their houses after a certain hurricane hit their house and knocked it down. And this government would come in and fund to build the house and the rental properties. And as long as you abide by the rules of the, this program, you could have that lien forgiven after a certain amount of time, usually 15 years. But this seller had taken out two liens or two loans from this mortgage place and took out $300,000 for a total of 30 year, um, basically a mortgage, but it's a, more of a lien. So the buyer didn't want any parts of that and he backed out. Um, and he didn't, you know, nobody wanted to take on a $300,000 lien on a property that was worth 180,000. Yeah. So I had uh, reached out to my other buyer who had walked the property with me and I asked him, I said, you know, what's your plans with this? And he said, well, I was going to keep it long-term. I said, well, this is the type of deal that would only work for a long-term investor. And he said, well, that sounds exactly what I want to do. I said, perfect. Here's what's going on with it. He said, okay. Um, so I told him, you know, there was a, a lien on the property. I said, it's going to be on there for another 14 years. And it's worth more than the, what the property's worth. But I said, if you, as long as you abide by the rules, then that is forgiven. And so I told him everything straight up. I said, do you want to know the lien amount? He said, no, I'm familiar with the program. I'm familiar with the rules. And I plan to keep it for 14 years. So that's no problem. But I'll have to take it at 70000 instead of ninety nine. I said, let me see if I can make that work with my partner. And I just took it because, I mean, this was a uh, – I was freaking out because nobody, I, I've never sold a property with a lien worth twice as much as the property. So, <laughs> so, so, so this, so this is supposed to be like what Alex, a 50 K deal. Easy 50 K. It's yeah. a ton of people who wanted it. But because of that, you end up with uh, how much? 20, uh, well, it was a little under 20,000, but like 19,600. Okay. Now, Alex, uh, I want people to understand how you went through and really solved problems because there's a bunch of stuff that came up. So when you found out about that whole lien, like tell us the whole process, man. So it was a, it was a big uh, scare because 
not only did the buyer not really know what the program was about, but the title company even didn't know what was going on in the process that was involved with that. So I had to do my own research and find the representative of this program, which had actually shut down in 2018. And I had to find the person who manages it and ask them questions like, hey, how do we proceed with this sale? And is it true that if they abide by these rules that it's actually forgiven? And so after I did all this research and read up on all the paperwork, I had to not only do it for the buyer and the seller, but I had to teach the title company kind of how to do it as well. And they were not helpful through the entire process. So well, that, that was the biggest struggle was because they, they acted like they didn't want to even want to do the deal. They said, you know, we don't know how to do this and we don't even want to begin to think about how to do it. And right there. I was like, Oh crap, what am I going to do? So, so, okay. Let me tell you guys something, man. And um, finding a good title company to work for, you know, to, to really work for is really, really going to help you guys out a lot. So on this title company, Alex would have probably made the 50000 but tell them what happened, what happened with the first buyer, dude. So the first buyer, he, was, he wasn't very scared about the uh, dollar amount, but what had happened was... I had asked the title company to kind of explain what was going on because I was still kind of unfamiliar with this program and I assumed that they knew more about it and they didn't. So when we got on the phone with my buyer in the title company, the guy on the title company said, yeah, there's like this huge lien on the property. You're going to have to fill out a ton of paperwork. They require all this extra process and everything has got to be approved. And he made it sound like the worst thing ever. And guess how much extra paperwork it was? It was four pages. It took my buyer all of one hour to complete. <laughs> See, you guys, man, like, it's very, very important, right? And you guys, do you see how, how, how one thing can really blow up this deal? Because, because when Alex, man, I was so excited. To, so obviously Alex got this deal and what, man, it took you two days, uh, two days or so, or, 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 or how long did it took you uh, to find the buyer, uh, Alex? It was pretty much next day. It was yeah. just such a deal for him. Yep. And then once the buyer dropped off the non-refundable, Alex texted me, said, boom, Colin, it's a 50K deal. I said, yeah, let's rock and roll. And hey, how quick did the buyer say that, uh, uh, the first buyer, how quick did uh, he say that he was going to close on it? Uh, within 14 days. <laughs> and we were like, you know what? And the thing is, I mean, Alex and I both understand the game that we knew that until it closed, until the money. So, it, you know, we're trying to stay it on the down low, wasn't really celebrated. But really, man, that title company, because I remember Alex called. I think um, you texted me and you're like, hey, I talked to the buyer, everything is all cool. But then when the buyer gets on with the title company, that's what screws it up, right? Yeah, it's just all about how you explain it. Because if you explain it like that, obviously they're going to get worried and yep. run away from the deal and I, I even told him afterwards i was like that, they made that sound really bad it's really not that bad and i said it's four pages <laughs> but see a lot of times is that it's exactly how you talk to seller as well you know not not knowing how to handle the call not knowing how to explain things to the seller properly and that's why i'm telling you man talk to seller or buyer or anything is extremely extremely important right and without knowing Obviously, this title company almost, well, did blew up, did blew the deal for Alex. It's supposed to be 50K. Because I remember Alex texting me and said, hey, I explained to the buyer. He's all cool about it. He's ready to rock and roll. Cause, 
and then he got on the title company and then the title company scares him away. Now, on the second one, man, um, so the second one, Alex, now, how did, um, so when, when you went on to explain on this second buyers of this deal, he kind of already know what the program was all about, right? So like you said, it's all about how you talk to the seller and it's all about how you talk to the buyer. So I knew, well, first off, when that first buyer pulled out, I was like, man, I, I was defeated because I was like, this is a 50K wholesale deal. This title company just blew up. And uh, so I, the very first thought was like, all right, I had somebody else look at the property. I'm going to call them up and see what they say. But I thought to myself, I was like, how am I going to talk to them in a way that makes it seem like it's not that bad? How do I make a $300,000 lien not that bad? So I called him up and I said, hey, you know, what's your plans with this? He told me, he said, I'm going to hold it for the long term. I said, okay, good, because that's the only way this deal is going to work for somebody. But, I, you know, I played it to his cards. And then right after that, I said, well, um, are you familiar with this program? And he said, yes, I'm very familiar. I have a couple properties like this. So immediately, I knew this guy was comfortable. So I went, to set, I went ahead and said, um, do you want to know the dollar amount that's attached to this? Or do you want to, you know, hear the time frame? Because this is more of a time frame than a dollar amount kind of thing. And I said, there's 14 years left on this, on this lien, but as long as you abide by the rules, the rules that you already know, then that goes away. He said, yeah, I don't really care about the dollar amount. Just let me know how long it is. I said, well, it's 14 years. And he said, okay, um, you know, because of this program, I can't raise the rents like I want to. So it's going to make more sense for me at 70,000. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I said, okay, well, what if I can get that approved for you? And he like sparked, you could tell he was super happy. He's like, he didn't think 70,000. He said, oh, I'll sign it today. I said, well, if I can get 70,000 to work, will you sign today? He said, yes, I'll put the deposit down today and we'll be ready to go. I said, okay, $2,500 deposit. He said, yes. Close in 14 days. Yes. All right. We're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Done. So now Alex, what are some things that you learn from this or some things that you would do and not do that you can share with the audience, man? Man, even when it feels like defeat is in your corner and your back's against the wall, there's always a way to figure out the deal. Even if I had to go through another title company, which I would recommend, you know, as soon as you have even the slightest hint, they're trying to do the same thing that they did to me, go with a different title company. It's going to save you the deal um, and it's going to save you the headaches. Um, so sometimes even though we do our due diligence, the title company may still, you know, not do what we want them to do. And that's how we learn through trial and error. And it's more about, yes, yeah, overcoming obstacles, things that come up and how to learn how to handle them. And so I wouldn't take everything that you're not accounting for as a defeat, but rather, rather as a learning lesson for the future because if this ever comes up again i'll be an expert on how to handle it and i'm glad i learned this now instead of later down the road and the thing is man i want you guys to understand this and i i know this is i know every single one of you know this success is 80 percent mindset is 20 percent what you do and a lot of people when they when they came across a speed bump or struggles or just like Alex mentioned, they felt they feel defeated and then they just let go and they give up. I'm telling you, man, dude, the person, the person sitting in front of me right now, Alex, man, this dude, this guy, he pushed through everything and he took massive, massive, massive actions. 
and it's all about Alex. It's all about, and he's all when he hits the wall, he's all about okay. So what's the solution? How can I handle this? And and, and you know what? Throughout this process, man, I, I think he handled the struggle extremely, extremely well. Like he's 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 being pushed, and I, I get text messages. He's being pushed all the way against the wall, but his spirits, man, he never loses spirits, dude. And um, Alex, dude, for being for being in your twenties, I know a lot of 20, 20 year old year olds out there don't have the right mindset. And, and dude, you're at like a completely different level, bro. And I think that's what makes you successful, and that's what puts you here in this position right now. Because most people, in your case, bro, would have give up. Would have give up, man. But I remember Alex also sent me a text message and things like this. And he said, you know, tough time don't last, but tough people do. And this guy right here, man, he's a tough dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Alex, what are some tips and what are some feedback, man, that you can give to obviously the people that are either maybe just like you're, you yourself has done a couple of deals. Cause I know you went through a lot of learning curve, man, a lot of, and they want to go into a virtual market or maybe someone that have never done a deal before trying to get their first deal. What are some things, man, that you can share with them? Uh, you know, there's a book, it's called go for no. Um, it's a real short book, but the moral of the story is just go, you know, try to try to fail as much as you can. And I don't mean that in like deliberately trying to ruin yourself, but try to go out there and put yourself out and, you know, outside your comfort zone as much as possible. Because in those moments, even if you fail, they're going to be the best learning moments. And even if you lose money, that's better spent losing that money than it is going to, let's say, I'm not against college, but let's say you spend 60 grand on a college that doesn't, you know, guarantee you anything, but you made $60,000 in business mistakes. That $60,000 in business mistakes is going to make a huge return compared to that $60,000 debt to college. But um, never take you know, no as the final answer, but as a, the next stepping stone to the next solution. So I can't tell me how many times I was told this deal was not going to work from the title company, from the buyer. And I'm, it might just be because I'm, I'm hardheaded, but you know, I said, I'm going to figure out a way and I'm going to go until somebody says, this is just impossible. We can't do it. We refuse to do it. And even then I would go to a different person and ask. Me. So <laughs> hard-headed that's all <laughs> so Alex dude I want I want you to be completely open and share the pain that you were going through man because I want people to understand the struggles like this business is simple but I want you guys those of you to understand this is this is not easy and it's not a get rich quick man I'm telling you guys so listen Alex husband a father and obviously, he's building his real estate empire at the same time. I want you to share. I want you to share with people that man. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it's it's one thing to do this for yourself, but when you're filling all these roles, whether you're a husband, uh, a wife, a spouse, uh, you know, a father, a parent, or maybe you're just a role model for somebody, you know, this this thing is bigger than yourself. And uh, at times it is hard because your back is against the wall. I was down to my last couple hundred dollars or, you know, maybe one, $2,000 before this deal closed. 
and I've been doing this six months virtually now. And I thought I could cheat the system and have that overnight success. And I learned, you know, and I needed to learn that lesson because um, it, it is not easy. It's no, it's not. It takes the biggest, uh, I think, you know, people talk about being physically strong. I think emotionally strong is more valuable than being physically strong. And I think they go hand in hand, but you know, that emotional strength is key. If you can be emotionally strong in your life, then you can handle any obstacle that comes your way. And uh, this will definitely do that if you're trying to fill all those roles as well as build your legacy and building that generational wealth. Man, Alex, well said, man. Now, let me ask you this, Alex. When you are going through this roller, roller coaster, dude, the ups and the downs, and obviously the letdown, like, how do you wake up every single day? Bro? Like, like, what is your main, like, how do you wake up every single day and keep pushing forward, bro? Yeah, so what, some like, days like, that, like, like, what is it? It's the, uh, so for me at least, I know I had like several panic attacks in these last six months yeah. where I questioned my sanity. But um, for me at least, you know, I, you know, I look at my daughter every morning and it doesn't matter what happens. She smiles at me. She's happy I'm there. And I remember I didn't have both of my parents growing up. Um, you know, I kind of raised myself. So I know that every day, you know, even if I had no money, you know, spent with them and they're happy, healthy, is worth more than any amount of money could give me. And I kind of already achieved the level of success right now that I ever thought I would. And I know that sounds terrible, but everything from here on forward for me is a blessing because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm embracing the challenge now and now it's kind of like an adrenaline rush. And I, and I love it. And, um, you know, I can't wait to teach that to people who want to learn this and give them a hand up, and not a handout, as well as raise my kids, you know, with the same mindset. So, awesome, bro! And for those of you who's who's listening, you know, I I go to the exact same thing, and I'm still going to the exact same thing that every one of you are going through. It's just at a different level. And you know, I mean, there are days where I wake up where I lose on a deal, and I think about the deal all the time. And how, or I was being pushed against the wall and start feeling like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> kind of like ungrateful. But let me share with you kind of how I operate now, like throughout my journey, man, my mindset. And I was never who I am today, you know, and throughout my journey, what I've learned that that really pushes me forward after every like, you know, failure or defeats, or maybe I lost a deal, you know, 10, $20,000, whatever the case may be. But I've trained my brain to think, okay, would Kong, would you rather lose on that deal or whatever the case may be, right? Would you rather lose on that deal or wake up and know that one of your loved ones are gone, right? Like, would you rather that or would you rather this? And as, or, or, you know, or maybe you wake up today and then also you found out that you have cancer or whatever the case may be. So what I'm doing is I'm tricking my brains to think of the positive side and be grateful because when you feel like, when you feel like you're like, basically when you don't feel like when you put yourself at a bad state of mind, 
like then you, you don't have the energy or you don't feel empowered to go out there and take the action, right? Like you're dwelling on what you're losing, right? Or what you don't have. So I try to trick my brain, man. So every single one, when I come across something, I, tie, I always tell myself, Kong, would you rather that happen or would you rather this happen? You're still healthy. Lon is still here. Your parents, your family, everybody's still healthy, right? So I said, okay, you know what? The, I lose one deal, I can always go and get another deal. Because I'm telling you guys, this is it's because those of you, you're, you're, you're like, maybe you're working on a deal and you're spending a lot of time working on that deal and making that deal happen all of a sudden it didn't happen and it falls apart and you continue to dwell on it and dwell on it and you beat yourself up over and over and over again. And when you do that, you get discouraged, man. And when you get discouraged, you get unmotivated. You don't want to take action. You don't want to do anything. What I'm telling you is you just need to trick your mind and just let it, just, 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 just trick your mind. Say, hey, you know what? Everything happened for a reason. Maybe someone else got the deal because they needed more than me or whatever the case may be. Because you want to put yourself in that good state of mind, in the positive state of mind, in the grateful, right? And then so, 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 so it pumps you up to go take the next step, man. So anyways, Alex, like, now how do people, uh, I know that we're almost like an hour in, so how do people like connect with you, bro? Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach out to me um, on Instagram and uh, it's um, the underscore harsh man. So the underscore harsh man, uh, it's my last name. So and I'm always posting videos, tips, tricks, uh, advice, and, uh, you know, just my experiences through the deals as well as life on there. And I, you know, I think a lot of free, valuable content right now. And, uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Alex, you also have a uh, YouTube channel, right? Oh, man, the internet yes, connection. Uh, yeah, so it's the same thing. Um, you can look up the harsh man on um, on YouTube. I'm double checking right now though to make sure. Good. And also to us, Alex, what are yes. what are your final words, man? Yeah. So, with all that being said, it helps to have somebody in your corner, whether uh, you know it's your God or um, your faith or maybe a friend who's going through the same thing just to let you know, like, Hey, you know, today is not the, the last day, you know, it's, there's going to be more days, even though today's was a down day, you might have an update tomorrow. And so for me, you know, Kong was that guy and that, that really helped me, even though, uh, you know, on the outside, I appear confident and, uh, you know, I got the mindset sometimes, like I said, I have panic attacks and, you know, you just need somebody to talk to, whether it is God or somebody in your corner. And um, don't try to convince anybody else of your goals or your journeys. Right? You want to convince yourself before you take this route. Because if you can't convince yourself first, you're not ready. And uh, that's the biggest thing. Once you, once you say, okay, let's do this, you're already on the right track. Very, very well said. So anyways, you guys, I want to say thank you so much to everyone that's listening. And Alex, come on, bro. High five, my man. Boom. And many, many, many more to come. And um, you guys... If you haven't followed me on Instagram, hit me up on IG. Go to Kong, K-H-A-N-G dot W-T-M. If you have any questions regarding this, comment below. 
And if you haven't followed my, my man, Alex, go, go follow him. I promise you, this guy is going to help you out. Uh, he is a go-giver. So go, go, go check his channel out. He's pouring out a ton of content. Everything that I have learned, everything that I have learned, everything that I know up to today, I've shared everything with Alex. So you guys have anything that you guys want, want to hit him up and need some help, he might be the per best person uh, for you guys to connect with. So Alex, I want to say thank you so much, bro, but much, much more success to you, bro. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I look forward to having more of these interviews. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, bro. Later, dude. Take care.